is a second down and three. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh, he broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage, and he's got a touchdown. He is Houdini. What a play. Green looking to the front court. Here's LeBron. James, catch off. Fire. Ball game. He did it. LeBron James wins it for Cleveland. Center field. Can he do it? Back it goes, and that ball is gone! It's out of here! There's a walk-off grand slam, and the Orioles win it! Welcome to the Sports Talk Alewine Podcast. I'm your host, Jonah Alewine, and today I have a special guest, Josh Neighbors. How are you doing today, Josh? I am well. I, I'm, I appreciate you calling me a special guest. I'm not sure how special it is, but uh, I appreciate the title. <laughs> so... You have plenty of experience with covering college football, so we're going to give you guys some surprises, some disappointments this college football season. It's a weird season. I think you could say the same. Things are changing. Give you some surprises for the conferences. So I'm going to start off with one you do a lot of research for, the Big 12. So what is your like biggest surprise, you think, this season in the Big 12? Uh, I would say the biggest surprise in the Big 12 this season, this is a weird one. I think a lot of people would tell you it is Iowa State, and they have been very good. But I think a lot of people, including uh, people around the Iowa State program, would tell you that um, that it is like you know they're not surprised how good they are, 7-2 overall, 7-1 in the conference. I would say the big surprise has been West Virginia. And West Virginia is just 5-3. and three. They're 4-3 and three in the conference. But in Neil Brown's second year there, they there was no expectation for them to be as good. Uh, their defense is legitimately good. Uh, it's a very good unit. They turn they turn people over. Um, they got a strong front. They they really do. It's kind of an all around good defense. They stop the run well. They stop the pass well. Uh, the offense takes care of the football. So I would say in year two for West Virginia to be where they are, uh, you know, barely lost to Texas, um, a team that is one of the better teams top half of the conference for sure. They've got a, you're going to get two shots at one at Iowa state then one um, at Oklahoma here in the last two games to maybe show that they are one of the top four teams in the conference maybe. But yeah, I would say it's WVU. The Mountaineers to me have been the big surprise in a positive way. Yeah. So by the end of the season, I don't know. It could be different this year because there are some um, G5 teams that are climbing up this year. There's that are surprises, but if, West Virginia can get the a win at Iowa State, knowing that Iowa State's climbing up the rankings now. Do you think that they could be one of those three lost teams that crack the top twenty-five? Yeah, if they if they get if they especially win these last two games, um, they will be. Now, yeah, if they win one of them, and I, it's Iowa State next week is who they have. If they beat Iowa State State this week and they get six and three, a hundred percent chance they'll be in the top twenty-five next week. Uh, I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah, the college football rankings, I feel like they really like Iowa State, despite having, mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of these two lost teams, especially in the Big 12 of Oklahoma, that are getting higher rankings than we've probably seen before, that I Iowa State, I think, is, I wouldn't say the biggest surprise, but in my opinion, they're a little higher than I thought they'd be. Brees Hall, I know you'd love. Love Brees Hall. He had his worst, worst game of the year last. Uh, yeah, worst game of the year last week, and he went for 91 yards and 20 carries and a touchdown. He, he went over 100 yards in eight straight games. 
Um, he's been the best player in, in from, from wire to wire, from beginning of the season to end of the season, Brees Hall has been the best player in the conference. So, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of him and his work. Yeah, and I think he's somewhat kind of carried that offense. I know Brock Purdy is I, – I feel like he could be a pro quarterback, but he's going to be one of those like, Definitely l- could. later rounds. I've Like one yeah, of those – He didn't McCarran. have the year that he wanted to have this year. He, mm-hmm. really, he really was looking to have a better season than he had. Um, he's shown it in – in spurts, there there have been some really positive spurts. Uh, I think beginning of the season, you know, people thought about this guy as being one of the top three or four quarterbacks in this class, and uh, you know, with kind of some of his failures, he has not been that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that there have been some moments like the last drive in the Texas game where he showed that he was, you know, he is all that. So I think he is somebody who might benefit from one more year, and if he can show that he is a refined passer that we all think he could be. He's a guy who could definitely find himself in the first round in 2021. 2022, rather, 2022. Yeah, he seems older. Draft. I keep thinking yeah. he's older than he really is, too. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's been around for a little while. You know, this is, mm-hmm. you know, this is his uh, second full-time year as a starter. He came on the scene two years ago. So, yeah, Brock Purdy's been around for a minute. And I think Brees Hall has somewhat given – Brock Purdy a little bit of a leeway where it's he's kind of taking the role a little bit more and it's kind of laying some stuff off um, Brock Purdy's shoulders. So I think that's kind of helped him in a way too. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think having that kind of running back behind you is something that you can really depend on. And, um, you know, for, for them, like last year, I mean, it was, you know, you saw how good Brock Purdy could be. I mean, he throws for nearly 4,000 yards last year, 27 touchdowns, just nine interceptions. And the good thing about this season is, his pick numbers are actually down. He's done a better job taking care of the football this mm-hmm. year. Um, but they've had to rely on that running game really more than they wanted to just because they want to spread the ball around. They want to use Purdy. They've got a bunch of – they've got three really good tight ends there. And they've got some weapons to the outside. they just been kind of missing um, almost like a safety valve underneath type mm-hmm. guy. Uh, just to use, a, you know, the example everybody knows is like a, you know, a prime Tavon Austin at West Virginia, uh, a guy like, you know, a Wes Welker at, at New England. So, you know, those those kind of guys, they've missed that. Mm-hmm. And I think that has been something that they've they've been trying to find offensively, but really have been unable to. Uh, and that's kind of something that has stunted their offense just a bit. Now, I know they wanted Tariq Milton to be that guy, but he had some injuries, and now he's back, and so they're glad to have him back. But, um, yeah, the offense, it's weird because their, their offense, they wanted to have – it feels like that they are close. Um, you know, they've got a lot of room to improve basically yeah. from where they want to be, but they're also still seven and two. So, you know, it's, they're still very good. Yeah, they definitely, they, they are definitely, they're very good in that conference. Mm-hmm. Now, who do you think is the disappointment in this year? The surprise disappointment? I guess it's kind of, it's like cliche to say Texas, but Texas is the disappointment. Um, I would say Oklahoma State actually is the real disappointment. Just because, I mean, Texas is like, I, I don't, I didn't think they were that good to be honest. So I'm not too surprised. I would say the big one is Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State was a team that we thought was going to be really good. And I thought it was really good, and they touted how much they were going to bring back, and their defense looked legit in the beginning of the season. But they had that awful loss to Texas, where they, they, you know, uh, Spencer Sanders throws for 400 yards. But they turned the ball over five, four or five times. They gave up a kick, uh, you know, a return for a touchdown. So, and um, 
yeah, it just wasn't the season. And, you know, I for me on my podcast, Locked on Big 12, I've been saying, like, look, what are we going to do about, you know, what, what do you say about Mike Gundy? He's 2-14 against Oklahoma. Uh, you know, is it time to start thinking about maybe a change there? Because if you care about beating Oklahoma, which they do desperately at Oklahoma State, they very much care about beating them. They haven't. So I'm kind of wondering where they go from here. Yeah, I, I'd say Oklahoma State is the disappointment because I was high on them. I felt like they could have been the, the Big 12 team that made the college football playoff, but a loss, a bad loss to Oklahoma, who is playing very well now, and a loss to Texas. I feel like really hurts that even their chances at cracking the top 10 again. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 very, you know, they're, they're probably not going to make the top 10 the rest of the season. Um, and they're essentially out of the Big 12 title race. They, they're going to need another Oklahoma loss to get themselves back into that, uh, back into the title picture. And with the way Oklahoma's been playing lately, I don't think anybody sees that happening. But luckily for them, they do have a win over Iowa State. They do have that outright win. Um, but Oklahoma, just the way they've been playing, I mean, Oklahoma and Iowa State are playing so much better than them. They lost to Texas in a game they really should not have lost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mike Gundy, the story is for me, I mean, he and Tom Herman, I know Tom Herman beats Mike Gundy, but they really have not been getting it done in the big games that matter this year. Uh, Oklahoma uh, has beaten Texas, and they beat Oklahoma State. Um, and, in, you know, for Oklahoma State, they have lost to Texas and OU, mm-hmm. right? Really the only team that's been getting it done consistently was, was Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State ha- does have a loss, Oklahoma State, in a close 24-21 game, but they've beaten Oklahoma. They beat Texas mm-hmm. for the first time in program history in the same season. So, you know, I think things are starting to coalesce and come together for that Iowa State program, and things are not coming together for Oklahoma State and for Texas. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Now on to the ACC. This might be harder for a little bit of a surprise because I think the two top teams – in that conference are more predictable, but who would who would be your surprise in a good way in the ACC? The, uh, Notre Dame, I guess you could say, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think to, for the sake of not being cliche, once again, I would say Miami because I think people expected Miami to trip up a bunch, and I was one of those people. Miami does trip up a, a whole lot. And yes, they had the Clemson game, but a lot of people lose to Clemson. A lot of people lose pretty ugly to Clemson. For Miami this season to not have messed up, to still be 6-1 and one in the conference, mind-boggling to me. Uh, through all the COVID struggles they've had, not a good offensive line. The defense has two good players in the pass rushers. I mean, for Miami to rip off, I guess, four straight wins now since that loss, and they've not been pretty wins. Uh, 31-19 over Pitt, 19-14 over UVA, 44-41 over NC State, and 25-24 over Virginia Tech. They've been winning ugly, but they're winning. That's what matters. And Miami teams in the past would not have done that. Yeah, out of the more ACC teams, just including Notre Dame, that Miami is the surprise, just how they are still where they are now. I think if you do count Notre Dame as like a full ACC team now, that did beat Clemson for a couple years ago, got killed by Clemson. And they figure out a way, a way to win with Ian Buck. He's been unbelievable. I mean, I, you know, you watch him during that UNC game, and, and they were in his kitchen all day, man. And, and Buck was not phased, and he made mm-hmm. all kinds of plays. And also the way he the way he avoided sacks too. 
um, it wasn't just plays that he made. It was the bad plays he didn't make. I think in a lot of ways helped them, you know, overcome in that game and win. And to me, I mean, he's a totally different player than what he was. You even say he's a different player from what he was in their 12-7 win over Louisville. Like, totally different guy. So I think it deserves some mentioning too. But I would say out of the strictly ACC teams, Miami. Yeah. And uh, Ian Buck, I feel like, especially the past couple weeks, ever since that Clemson game, has been different. Even against Boston College, closer, and then just turned it on. I agree. So for disappointment, I mean, I think North Carolina – they're still good, still in the top 25, but starting at eventually number five in the country. I think they're they're still good. They're a good six and three team, but to be where they were to where they are now and eventually before a couple weeks ago were unranked, I think it's somewhat of a disappointment for them. Yeah, I would agree. I would, I would agree with you. I, th- I think you're totally correct on that, on that account. I, I just think that – I thought expectations for them were way too high because their offense we knew was really good, but they're still a year removed from being a six and six football team. And so we knew it was going to take some time for Mac Brown to grow this thing. And it has, and that's totally, that's okay. The problem being is that, you know, you have all these, all those talents and you're not sure how long you're going to have it for, right? Mm-hmm. Like Sam Howell's gone after next year. You know, you're going to lose, you know, you're going to lose running backs, right? In the next couple of years, you're going to lose some of these dynamic wide receivers in the next couple of years. So it's imperative that like next year, they take that step. I know it's a lot of pressure on them, but if they want to contend for a conference championship, I think next year is going to be their, their best ability to do that. For me, it's my Virginia Tech Hokies. Uh, complete disaster. They're four and five. They got beat by Liberty this year. They're going to get killed by Clemson this week. They got beat by a Miami team that was severely undermanned. They had no business losing that game, and they did. So, yeah, I, for me, it's Virginia Tech. Yeah, um, I, the ACC I feel like is somewhat down. You obviously every year it is Clem, every year it is Clemson, but North Carolina was expected to be up there. Now they've fallen off a little bit. Notre Dame beats Clemson, so they take that leap there. But I feel like that's they're more of the they have they're very scattered around conference. They have a team here. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even count Notre Dame as an ACC team, so that's why you know. Because right now, if, if things were normal, we'd be facing another Miami and Clemson uh, game, the title. And you can't really convince I me. Mean, like, once again, I'm very impressed how Miami has not been losing these games. But at the same time, too, that's you know, it's a whole different conversation where you say, all right, have you gotten better? And how does that Clemson game look a second time? I think it still looks pretty similar. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you there. So now into the SEC what would be your more surprise team there? Okay. There's a couple ways you could go with this one with, with the SEC is your surprise team. I think the obvious one that everybody wants to talk about is going to be um, Arkansas and how good Arkansas has been this year. Now, ironically enough, Arkansas is still technically speaking. um, They're still in second to last place in that Western division, but for what they were, and where they are now, they're in a they're in a very very good spot. Um, the only thing they have left is Missouri, but you know to get a win against Mississippi State, to get that win against Ole Miss, and to get that win against Tennessee. You know I know those aren't the best teams, but 
those teams wanted to be better than Arkansas this year. They thought they were better than Arkansas, and Arkansas beat all of them. Uh, they looked much better on defense with Barry Odom. And Sam Pittman, man, I mean, just, you know, he seems to have things going in, in the in the correct direction. Felipe Franks was not horrible, god-awful this year, which we know he has a penchant to be horrible and god-awful, so credit there. I would say the surprise on the eastern side is got to be my Missouri Tigers. Uh, nobody expected Missouri to be this good this year, and they have been a splendid surprise. Uh, Eli Drinkowitz in his first year has to come in, new coach, new place, new quarterback, and you think, wow, what a change that must be for Eli Drinkowitz. And, um, you know, you play Alabama. They have to go on the road to Tennessee when Tennessee was actually pretty good. LSU, uh, Kentucky, Florida, supposed to play Georgia. Um, all those supposed to be their, their first games. Missouri right now is on a two-game winning streak. They have won four out of their last five, save that weird game in the swamp with the Dan Mullen stuff. I think Missouri has been the bigger surprise. People did not think Missouri was going to be good this year, and Missouri has been good, good. They are good, they are better than those teams in the bottom half of the SEC. He said, look, here's the thing. They played Georgia. When they play Georgia, if, they, if that game does ever get played again, if they play Georgia this year, that game is for second place in the division and mm-hmm. the, the SEC East. The winner of that game is going to have second place in the SEC East. Yeah, I feel, uh, Missouri and Arkansas, I feel like, are both big surprises this year. Middle of the pack in the SEC, but have from where they were to where they are, where they could be, and where they are now, is impressive. I feel like uh, another team that I somewhat is a surprise uh, where they are now, because I feel like they're one of those two, normally those two lost teams, is Texas A&M, where they did beat Florida, who could have been that other favorite besides Bama to win the SEC. And then Florida or Texas A&M beats them. But Florida still has that shot to beat Alabama. I agree. I mean, I, I think Florida, you know, as, as good as anybody, they have a shot. I mean, look, I, I think the Florida um, – I think if Florida plays A&M now, I think their game is much different. If you look at the way AM played, especially last week against LSU, oh my God, were they bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kellen Mond like, does not inspire me at all. Kellen Mond couldn't win the football last week against an LSU defense that everybody's had this year. Like nobody is nobody's struggling against LSU Z this year. And they came to play, and I'll give them that. But Kellen Mond was horrible. He was horrible. And their defense, look, the defense cried to him is very good. But I think they played that. I mean, Florida had to fumble that game away for. A&M to win it. So I think they play that game again. Um, you know, I, I would say it's uh, it's 50-50. I mean, depends on where they play it. But I think Florida does have the best shot at beating Alabama in the conference. You know, I guess if, any, if you could say anybody has a shot. There's a chance that this is Nick Saban's best team he's ever had. I actually don't think that's an understatement, especially on offense. Like, mm-hmm. this is the best offense Nick Saban has ever had, like, in, this, in the discussion, in my opinion. Yeah, Bama's scary. I think they're far beyond the best team in the yeah. in the country. But I think a disappointment in this in the SEC. You could say Auburn. They are ranked now, but getting destroyed by Alabama. Not really keeping it close at all. Yes, they're best yeah, team. No, the game was not close. I think you could consider them a disappointment. But I'm gonna go with Mississippi State here because of. 
that offense is easy to guard with Mississippi State, but from where what they did, LSU's not nearly as good as they were last year. Not even close. But what they did at LSU week one, and then it just completely goes away. Yeah. I find it really strange. I mean, that defense is – or that offense is very easy to guard. If you, yeah. But I think Mike Leach being first year in SEC, I think – this is another thing where he will develop into a better coach in the SEC. So, I Mississippi. I feel like Auburn's more more of the disappointment because I think they could compete with those for Florida's Texas A&M's. But right. from where Mississippi State started, I think they could be considered a disappointment in the conference. Yeah, I mean they they just they came out like a house of fire, right? And it was oh my god, and the air raid is in the SEC, and here it is. And then we learned that, hey, it turns out that LSU really isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it turns out, you know, we look at it and then, oh, Mississippi State really wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Auburn wasn't really that good at the beginning. I mean, they play AM this week, and I'm very fascinated by that game. That game has me very intrigued because I think those two teams are trending in the wrong direction in terms of just where they, how they played last week. And I know, look, AM didn't play for three weeks. Uh, three weeks, I believe it was, before their game last week because so they passed. But I would say my disappointment is LSU. Uh, just because, you know, where they were to where they are, uh, it's one of the biggest declines. I, I think it's the worst title defense season I've seen since Gene Chizik's Auburn team after Cam Newton, and that team goes 3-9. and nine. So I would say it is LSU in my opinion. Yeah, it's, I, they were very – they were highly ranked at the beginning of the year, and they yeah. are completely down where they were. Okay, so now on to the Big Ten. I think the surprise they lost last week – but for me, it's Northwestern. I felt like they, they killed Maryland beginning of the year. I thought that was surprising to start because they weren't great last year. But beating Wisconsin wasn't a blowout at all. Close, low-scoring game, but holding Wisconsin to under 10 points. And then their defense is good. I think Peyton Ramsey's serviceable. The Michigan State loss, it didn't look good. But... Northwestern is my surprise in the Big Ten. Uh, I'll go with the other one. I'll go with Indiana. And I know they lost to Ohio State. Uh, I know they lost, just lost Michael Panix Jr. for the year. But what that team has produced, uh, the moments they have produced, you know, obviously the Penn State game being a big one to look at, and the way they fought back against Ohio State, the way Tom Allen has coached that team up, there's there's no doubt for me that they're one of the, I mean, they're one of the three or four best teams in the conference. They're, just, they're squarely the second-best team in that division. That one's not very close. And, I mean, I don't think anybody uh, would have told you that at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, I have to say the job that Tom Allen's done and the way that, you know, that, that team has kind of invested in his long-term vision of the program. They're one game cancellation away for Ohio State for being the Big Ten East champion mm-hmm. and representing, the, representing that side of the conference in the Big Ten title game. Uh, and that's not, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's all COVID, but that's because – you know, they they stayed safe and they've played six games and um, you know they're they're five and one and they deserve a ton of credit for getting there. And it wasn't like they got blown out by Ohio State at all. It's a close game, very high right. scoring. So it's not like oh they're second place and now they're going to be able I mean, to they, play. They, they rushed for they rushed for negative yardage mm-hmm. and still almost won the game. Which yeah, is crazy. It's crazy to think a team could do that. But being, they're not that second-place team that's going to be in the conference championship if Ohio State gets a game canceled and be like, oh, they're going to lose this. They could no, – I, mean, I, I mean, I would, I would favor 
Indiana against Northwestern. Yeah. Uh, I, I would right now. I think I think it'd be close, but I would favor Indiana against Northwestern. Yeah, and I think the disappointment in the pen, is Penn State. Hey, they lost a lot of players due to just COVID and pe- players opting out. But mm-hmm. Sean Clifford looks like a completely different quarterback in a bad way. Yeah. Journey Brown has to retire. Noah King gets hurt. They they just have the injury bug right now. So I think Penn State, you could say Michigan too. I think they're somewhat of a disappointment. I'd say Michigan State, other than the Northwestern win, could be a disappointment. Yeah, Ohio I, State I just say, ran that. Mine's got to be mine's got to be Michigan. I think Michigan. I you know he just just <laughs> the wheels have fallen off that wagon. Um, and they, they lost pretty, I mean, not, it was not a beat down, but they got handily beat by Penn State this past weekend. And uh, all credit you know, goes to Penn State, and, and Penn State's been awful this year, too. But I think for me, it's between Nebraska and, and Michigan. I would go with Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think it's Penn, I think it's Penn State or Michigan one and two, and I definitely agree with you there. So it may be harder to do surprises in this conference because they kind of just started. A little bit ago, but Pac-12, what you've seen so far, who do you think could be a surprise or has been a surprise so far? Uh, I would say Washington under under Jimmy Lake is not surprisingly good. Um, I kind of expected them to be a pretty decent decent club. Utah's Utah. I, I mean, they had a they had to start so late, but I know you're you expect more from Kyle Whittingham's team. USC's persistence in saving Clay Helton's job, boy, is it impressive the way they like to bail that guy out. Mm-hmm. I would say the biggest surprise, though, has to be Oregon State. That is a team that, you know, save how they played the beginning of the Washington game, has been a very good football team. The way they hung in that Oregon game and went and got that job done, I was over the moon impressed. And Jonathan Smith is a guy that you hear a lot about in coaching circles. I think the way that his team performed, given the circumstances – I was I was very impressed. I definitely agree with you that Oregon State is the surprise, and they're usually bottom of the pack. But they beat Oregon. Oregon's ranked, and that leads me right into disappointment with Oregon. I think normally I think they're a fine team. I think they're good, but losing to Oregon State is not necessarily that good, even if that Oregon State is impressive right now. Yeah, and I would also say that uh, another team that we should be looking at in terms of surprises, Colorado off to a two and zero start. Like hell yeah, um, you know I, I think with everything they went through off season, just with the coaching change and to where they're at now, to be three and zero overall and two and zero in the conference, more power to them. USC, um, you know we talked about them before. Cal at zero and three is very very much a disappointment. I would say Cal. Starting off, um, starting off 0 3, where we thought they would be, we thought they'd be a better team, and uh, you know they've got two close losses against Oregon State and Stanford, but getting blown out by UCLA was a big surprise. So I would say my disappointment is Cal at 0 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple teams you could put there. I don't think there's that you can really see that there's that many surprises because they've barely played, but yeah, I agree. there's some definitely some disappointments. Yeah, I think Oregon State, you, know, you can give them a surprise just because they're two and one. They've played, you know, six good halves of football. So I think they, they could give, you know, you could give them the distinction of being surprised. Mm-hmm. 
So to keep it brief on just one surprise, who do you think is the surprise like G5 team? I'm going I'm, I'm to go with San Jose State because I did not expect Nick Starkle to be this good. Um, and, and for them to, you know, come out and, and play this well, uh, to be 4-0 and to be at the top of the Mountain West uh, is not what we expected to start off this season. So I think with just what we thought we were going to see, from the G5 and what we are seeing now from a guy like Nick Starkle and also seeing, you know, that them be able to, to run the football as well, pretty well, uh, an exciting football team they've built there. And it's, it's, you know, um, they're having you know, Nick Nash come in there and do some things with his legs. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's them. I, I think between Starkle and Nick Nash, they found themselves a pretty decent mm-hmm. quarterbacking room. That doesn't always happen at a, at a school like this. So I would say uh, those two guys have me saying San Jose state is the biggest surprise at 4-0. Yeah, they are a surprise. I'm gonna. Uh, there's two teams I think that could fit this too. Is Coastal Carolina n- normally not a great football well, program? They're, they're the obvious answer because they were picked last in their conference and now they're undefeated. So yes, and, I, I would agree with you there. And ranked too, and they're mm-hmm. very impressive. Another team that wasn't ranked or wasn't ranked that high at all. BYU from where they are now to where they were. I think Zach Wilson. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think his development from last year to this year is crazy. I think he's a top 10 pick. I think that'll really depend on where teams are in the draft. But BYU, Coastal, San Jose State, I think are all three very good surprising G5 teams. I agree with you. So to wrap it up, would you like to plug your podcast, talk about yourself a little bit? Yes, so I am the host of two podcasts. I do the Locked On Nationals podcast and the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Those are both part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find them on Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, wherever you guys get your podcasts. Also, follow me on Twitter at JoshNeighbors underscore. You can follow the Nationals podcast at LO underscore Nationals. Follow the Big 12 podcast at LO Big 12. That's everything. And I'll, I'll plug all that in the description of this podcast. I'll link it all. So that was great. Thank you, Josh, for coming on to the podcast. And always, Jonah, whatever, whatever you need me, just give me a ring. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So thank you, everyone, for listening to the Sports Talk Airline podcast. I'm your host, Jonah Airline.